D. ECMO, Episode 9, African Ingenuity. This is Zach Shiner coming to us from Cameroon, Africa. Good morning, mommy and papa them. Good morning, brothers and sisters them. You'll be highly welcome for a program with Tokam on Radio South to Jam Jamanu. May we Tokam na program will get them every Friday from 11 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And also for every Monday from 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. So I know go live for West Winner Time. We contribute them because we get some powerful guests this morning. And the guest is been a Mr. Zach Shiner. We come out right away from America. That means when they talk America, that means from USA. For those people that way, they don't know fine. From Uncle Sam's country. So we country <laughs> people them. We're not all here, and then I'll welcome Mr. Zach Shiner. Mr. Zach Shiner, you'll be uh, Okay, so that was Zach talking on a radio show in Cameroon, Africa. And in this podcast episode, we have something special for you. Uh, as most of you know, our podcast episodes usually revolve around these extravagant resuscitations. And we're going to take it back here a little bit and take it to a level, a uh, completely different level, and look at things from the other side of the world. And in this episode, Zach is going to interview Christian Niem, who is a intensivist equivalent, a nurse anesthetist in Cameroon, Africa. So take a listen and enjoy. All right, Edie Ekmo, this is Zach Shiner. I'm here from Cameroon, Africa, and I'm here to talk to you about the absolute antithesis of ECMO. I'm going to talk to you about African ingenuity. And I want you to understand, just to start off with a little bit about the culture here in Cameroon. I've been out here for three weeks, and we've been doing some really high-quality medicine with what we have. But part of the culture here is that End of life is thought of as exactly that, end of life, and resuscitation efforts are not highly valued. In fact, the one patient I've had here that had an arrest, the family actually asked us to cease resuscitation efforts even before she had lost pulses, and they ended up pouring water down her throat as sort of a cultural symbol that she was dead. So culture plays a huge role here. But also, the amazing ability to use what they have for medicine is to be commended. Now, I have with me Christian Nick. He is a somewhere between what we would call a nurse anesthetist and anesthesiologist here in Cameroon. But he is an amazing uh, practitioner. How are you doing, Christian? I'm doing quite fine. Hello, everybody. Hello, Dr. Zacks. I'm happy to speak to you even at this moment. Before going to anything, I would like you to know who I am well. I'm Christian Ge, a nurse anesthetist. I had my training with the Baptist. Before doing anesthesia, I was a nurse that was trained in BBH from 2002 to 2004. After that, I worked in Baptist Hospital of Banso as a scrub nurse for 
three years. Then I had the opportunity to go to school and to do anesthesia. So that is what I did, and I am functioning right now. So, Christian, this is a, a common way that things happen here in Cameroon, and that the surgeon that we have here at this hospital is a surgical tech. He did it for a number of years, and now with 25 years of experience, he is everything. He is an OBGYN. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Yesterday, we did a urethroplasty on a gentleman. So, uh, he's a urologist, too. I mean, whatever comes through the door, that's what uh, this surgeon does. And Christian is no exception. Christian, I would describe Christian as the intensivist of this hospital. Now, there is no intensive care unit here, but Christian is the man. He takes care of the sickest of the patients that come through, and believe me, there are sick people here. Now, there are a couple of take-home points I'd like to have Christian talk about because I think he, he does some incredible things. There's this idea of what the term is called African engineered, where you think of maybe something that's kind of shabby, it's done with, with materials that are not ideal. I like the term African ingenuity because I think what Christian does and what the fellow physicians and practitioners here do with what they have is quite amazing. Now, Christian, why don't we start off with you telling us um, sort of what you do and what are the types of medicines that you use? Thank you. I think that question is a wonderful question. Because right here in Banyo, I can say I do everything. And when I call everything, it is concerning intensive care. As much as my position is critical, I need to do critical work. And one thing that helps me to function is books. I go to the internet and make sure I upgrade my skills. And I also have that courage to learn. And God has been helping us because anybody who comes by, like our brother, Dr. Zachs, who have taught us so much, we try to grab what we can grab from him. And sometimes we grab and improvise in the sense that it differs as cultures are concerned, but we have to do it to save life. For an anesthetist, you need to put a patient to sleep and to wake up the patient or to take away pain during surgery. What I do here is that with some minor procedures, I use ketamine, and ketamine in Africa, we call it the magic drug because it does quite more than we even think. There are some drugs that I will use for general anesthesia like thiopental, but I will have to conjoin with other drugs. Morphine must come in and I will have thiopental itself, and at the end I use halotin that will help me to maintain the patient. But sometimes I will have to do surgery just with ketamine. That is, I put the patient to sleep with ketamine, I maintain with ketamine for some of the procedures that we will need. Like, let's take a situation like somebody who has an atopic pregnancy, I will have to use ketamine and give some IM to maintain the patient during surgery. Ketamine also I use for minor procedures like wound dressings, like some excisions in the theater or some dressing chair out of theater. Sometimes I will also use it to take away, let's say for children, just to take away the fright out of them. My training, in my training, I did my own project was ketamine for sedations, and I used some orally and some. As I am and some IV, it was just a tiny 
piece of ketamine that we have to give to make sure I take care of pain. And for that, God has been helping us, so we are happy we are doing that. And I thank God for the capable people and people who are well-trained who come around to also chip in what they have in them to us. At this particular moment, sometimes I have to intubate a patient. Being the anesthetist alone, I will have to use either an experienced nurse or a doctor by me to help me during intubation. And that I will give ketamine for intubation, use succinamethonium I intubate. I use ketamine for maintenance, especially in patients that are, they come in in shock or some that come in that they have lost a lot of fluid or some that come dehydrated and we have just resuscitated. And sometimes their vitals are still fluctuating. We use ketamine for that because it is a good sympathetic stimulant that will help me to maintain the vital signs. So there you go, sub-disassociative ketamine, even in Africa. So amazing stuff. I want to sort of clarify what Christian is saying. Now, in the OR here, I would say for 50% of the cases are spinals. So and Christian is amazing. I mean, he'll get a spinal done in 2.7 seconds, and the guy is already anesthetized all the way below his diaphragm, and they can do almost any surgery with just that. They've done intra-abdominal surgeries. They do... C-sections, mangled extremities, all with spinal anesthesia. Then Christian uses sort of as the upper level, the upper echelon is sedating them with ketamine and only rarely having to use intubation or anything beyond that. So Christian is a master at using ketamine and I would say also with just using most of the sedative drugs because of need. And that is that there is no ICU here. So if Christian has a patient that is intubated, he doesn't go home until that patient is extubated. So he has the idea of using sucks and they even have VEC, but um, Christian is the anesthesiologist and the ICU doc. And so taking care of that patient and getting that tube out if it goes in is imperative. Now, a a follow-up thing, and probably the most important thing that I've recognized here in Cameroon is the ability for the clinicians here to use physical exam and just signs uh, of the patient way more and using them to help decipher their care and judge their management. Christian, can you make some comments on that? Thank you, Dr. Zaks. You know, taking care of a patient in theater, what will determine you to succeed in theater is the physical exam. And this physical exam, if you are not careful, just be rest assured that you are instead putting yourself into trouble because while in theater, you will experience a lot of problems. And since this plays a very big role as far as taking care of the patient in the operating theater is concerned, we always spend a lot of time to make sure we do our physical exams thoroughly. And being an African, knowing fully well that we are limited in resources, knowing fully well that we don't have the sophisticated material to take care of the patient or to do the physical exam for the patient, we always do our basic physical examination. To start with a patient that is going to theater that does not have any physical problem or does not have any problem with the vital sign, you still need to take, make sure you examine the patient well because there might be some 
past medical history, some past surgical history. There might also be some problems with the patient that in theater will be provoked by the anesthesia. So when they come, I begin from head to toe. You look at the conjunctiva, you look at the chin to make sure the patient has a good chin that you can do a good intubation. If it comes to that, you open the mouth to look at the malam party to see whether it is okay, and you go down, you listen to the chest, you listen to the heart rate and the sound to make sure the patient does not have a heart problem, and you go and knock off the heart in theater, and you go down just as such, look at the skin, are there some things on the skin that will affect you? You ask the patient's life whether he has any allergies. All those things you have to go through and you go down. But somebody that comes in shock, he cannot speak, you have to be the machine. For that patient, you look at the patient, the conjunctiva will still play a part. Perhaps you need to look at the mucus airway, are they dry? You insert the catheter, is he producing good urine? Look at the extremity, are they cool, are they warm? And you look at the vital signs, the BP, what, is, what about the, the blood pressure, the pulse, what about you go as far as the hemoglobin and you look at the white blood cell count. You might not have access to the electrolytes because we don't have machines here, but you have to be the machine for the patient, so you have to take good care of that. And by so doing, you resuscitate the patient with the fluid. You might go as far as giving blood, and all those things will help you to do good care for the patient while in theater. And I think God has helped us with those skills, and we are using it for the help of our patient. Being the machine for the patient, I love that. You know, so often we have had these comments that we have, the, our generation has lost the ability to do physical exam, and we rely on numbers and everything, and never has that been more apparent to me than being here in Cameroon. I mean, if you look at what the abilities we have at this hospital, we have the ability to get a white blood cell count, and that's from somebody looking under a microscope and physically counting the number of white blood cells. We have the ability to get a hemocue. We have the ability to get an EKG, although it's very cumbersome and basically nobody gets it. An x-ray, and we have an, ultra, an ex- excellent ultrasonographer. But outside of that, there's nothing. There's no chemistry panel. And most of the time, these patients are going to the surgical suite with nothing. So Christian and his other practitioners are using physical exam findings to determine everything. I mean, imagine giving succinylcholine on these really sick patients when you're trying to assess what their potassium is without ever being able to get a potassium. So lots of, lots of amazing things that are going on with that. Now, last question for you, Christian. You're talking to an audience here that does high-level resuscitations. We're talking about putting people on cardiopulmonary bypass, doing 30 minutes, an hour of chest compressions, giving every medicine in the book um, for a patient that's lost their pulse, that's in cardiac arrest. I'd like to just get your perspective, both from your personal perspective as well as just the cultural perspective here in Cameroon. What do you think about that idea? That I will begin from the cultural perspective of the people found in the surrounding way I am walking. As far as sophisticated resuscitation is concerned, as far as resuscitation, resuscitating the patient who maybe has had a cardiac arrest or is had gasping 
or somebody that has just stopped breathing is concerned, that is waste of money to the people in this area. That is waste of time. If somebody is already dead and you are just pretending, that is how they will put it. So that is, they will even come and interrupt you to the extent that if you are not living, they might seize you out of the place to do whatever thing their culture demands to do on that person at that particular time. But from my own perspective, I am educated, and I have been trained. And all those things, I have seen people who have gone to in some of the bigger hospitals in Cameroon who have little of the resources that I do not have. And I have seen people survive with that. And I think that is a good forum for the family to put themselves together. It's a good forum for them to prepare their minds for whatever outcome. And at the end, I think if everything is done and said, we will put the family together and all of them will be enjoying Before going to the end, I would like to tell the people out there that here in Africa, we also have seminars, we also have refresher courses. And like the last one I just attended on the 7th of January 2014, we attended it in Shizong, in Banso. And the topic was safe anesthesia using limited resources, which means that at our level, even the resources are limited, we have to give safe anesthesia. And we are doing that. We hope that the people out there will pray for us. Thank you for listening to me. Absolutely excellent, Christian. Kind of a, a take home here is even oxygen therapy is thought to be excessive. So putting someone on nasal cannula here in the hospital, the family just looks at you like this is a total waste of money. So cultural perspectives play a huge role here. And just one ending statistic for you. The cost at Banyo Hospital of a six-day hospitalization, surgery to remove your appendix, anesthesia by Christian, and all associated medications, 100 U.S. dollars. All right, ED ECMO, that's it from Cameroon. Hey, look, guys, this is a really tough topic. A lot of ethical, financial questions involved here, medicine questions involved here, and this is tough stuff, and we deal with this every day. Um, Do us a favor. Go over to the site, edecmo.org, slash nine. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Are we doing the right thing? Are we wasting money? Are we wasting resources? Are we wasting our time? Are we doing the right thing by our patients? Hop on over, give us some feedback, let us know. Thanks for listening.